Praise God. We'd like to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad that you're here. We welcome you this morning. We thank you for worshiping with us today. And if you're watching us this morning on theaniac.com, we welcome you uh, this morning to our broadcast. We pray that you're blessed by what you see, hear, and feel. Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing. Last week we had five receive the Holy Ghost here on Sunday morning. Praise God. And I believe that's just a taste of where we're going. Amen. We're not satisfied. We're thankful, but not satisfied. Praise God. Amen. If you have a Bible or device you'd like to follow along, turn with me to the Gospel of Mark chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, we'll provide you some scriptures on the screen to read along to. Mark chapter 10, verse number 46, and I'll be reading out of the New King James Version in case you're reading out of the King James and it sounds a little different. Verse 46 says this, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he, had, when, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out, All the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I want to go back and turn your focus to verse 51. that says, so Jesus answered and said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I want to ask you this question today as my title. Do you know what you want? Do you know what you want? Jesus, I feel your presence already in this place. As we have worshipped you, you have come into this house. But Lord, I believe today that you're not here just to fellowship with us, but you're here to change us. Father, now I pray that your anointing would be upon your word and anointing upon the hearing of your word, that as the two become one, that lives would be changed. And Lord, that your name would be glorified and your kingdom would be advanced. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. This is an obvious statement, but we are living in dangerous times. I'm not talking about the violence and the gun violence. I'm talking about we are living in dangerous times because pop culture has infiltrated the church. We have done a... The world has done a better job at allowing its philosophies to be put on the church than the church has done a job at getting its philosophies to the world. And because of that, we have made Christianity into this feel-good event. That it's... 
that it's about feeling good and what makes you feel good. And because of that, we've allowed God to be reduced to a genie. And it's a, I dream a genie theology. You come to church and if you just do just the right thing, that God will pop out of his magic lamp and whatever you want, whatever your wish may be, God will grant it. And, and you put him back in that lamp and you carry him around with you. And when you need him, you just, you just, Rub the lamp and he'll come out. But if, if you don't need God, he, he'll just be sitting there waiting to, 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 to come. And, and we've been told that the barometer of our faith and the barometer of God's pleasure and pleasing and favor in our lives comes from how much stuff we have. And because of that, we have people chasing God's stuff but not chasing God's presence. We have people chasing the blessing and not chasing the Savior. And so, technology makes for bad theology. I'll say that again, you missed it. Technology makes for bad theology because 100 years ago, 150 years ago, they understood the process that it goes through to do certain things. It wasn't easy just to do even normal tasks, even to, to wash your clothes, or even just to get water to drink with. It was a task that you had to go through. But, but technology in our world has made things so convenient. It's amazing. It's awesome. We, what would we do without it? I mean that sincerely. But technology has influenced theology. Because technology says you can have what you want when you want it. But that doesn't make good theology. Because God is not a machine sitting up in heaven that you come here this morning, you take out your spiritual ATM, you put it in his little machine and you tap in your code and he spits out whatever you want. In fact, God is not after Delighting me, he's after developing me. Oh, say that again, you missed it. God is not after delighting me, he's after developing me. And sometimes in developing me, he can't give me what I want. Every parent in here today knows what it's like to deal with a child especially a young child who their whole world centers around the fact they've got to have this toy. It doesn't matter that they have 400 just like it. This one is different. And every parent knows that sometimes you've got to say no. You may have the money in your pocket to buy them that toy. You may have the ability. You, you, may, you may even have the love and the desire as a parent to give your child something. But you know for the development of the child, sometimes it's best not to give them what they want. And so... The mentality of our world today is whatever you want from God, you just snap your fingers, he'll give it to you. Because, you know, you're in favor. And, and if God's not giving it to you, that's because you haven't sown enough money, or you haven't done enough things. And so now we got people giving money for miracles and giving money for blessing instead of giving it out of the abundance of the heart as an 
offering to him. Now we're giving it because now if you give this, God will give it back. And so now we've got in this mentality that everything has got to be, everything is, is surrounding around making my life better. And yes, does God want to bless you? Absolutely. Does he want to heal you? Absolutely. But there are times where he's going to let you walk through sickness. Here would be times where you reach in your pocket and you pull out lint because there's nothing in there. Because it's about a development. And so let's go back to the story we just read and look at something very interesting. Jesus asks Bartimaeus a crazy blank check question. I mean, a blank check. He looks at Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, part of this seems a little strange because looking at Bartimaeus, it would seem obvious you know what he wants. It would seem a little obvious this man is sitting on the side of the road he can't see. I mean, come on, Jesus, you should just look at him and say, you want your eyesight, have your eyesight. But instead... He turns to Bartimaeus and he says to him, Bartimaeus, what do you want? What do you want, Bartimaeus? He, he, he said, I'm going to give you a blank check. I'm going to sign it, but I'm going to leave the request line empty for you to fill in the blank. I'm going to ask you this question today. What would happen if Jesus came in this place today and asked you in this place, what do you want me to do for you today? I'm going to give you a blank check. Whatever you ask me, I'm going to do it. How many of you in here today, the response would be, I need a better house, Lord. You know, I need a better car. Well, God, I got to get a better job. And oh, Lord, I need nicer clothes. Oh, Lord, I need a man. I need a woman. I need a better man. I need a better woman. How many of you in here today, that would be your response if he said to you, I'll give you a blank check. What would you put on that request line today? Would it be about something in your life right now that's just going to help you pass a little time? Or is there something greater that you want today? Because when Jesus looked at Barnabas and said, listen, what do you want? His response was, I want to see. Because Bartimaeus says, I'm tired of just going through life and not having vision. Listen, I know you're able to do everything. I know you're able to give me anything. But the thing that I want more than anything is, I want vision. Because if I can get vision, then I'm able to get anything that I need if I can get vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. If you don't have vision, you can't exist spiritually. In fact, that word perish means without restraint. It literally means without restraint. So without vision, you have no ability to pour yourself into the purpose of God. And it produces what I like to call cautious Christianity. Cautious Christianity is we're just going to test the waters and see what's out there. Test the waters and see, well, 
You know, will it work? Well, it won't work. Well, will that work? But when you have vision, and you know the vision is leading you to a purpose, you don't look at where you are. You look at where you're going. Therefore, where you are now does not determine your faith for where you're going. Because even if you're not where God wants you to be now, your vision says, I'm going to a better place. But I wonder today if, if we could go and we could ask Bartimaeus. I'd, I'd be curious. I know it seems like an obvious question to ask, but I'd be curious today to ask Bartimaeus and say, Bartimaeus, why did you ask for vision? Why? I know that seems like an obvious thing to ask for, but, but why did you do it? And I wonder if we ask him that, his response may be something like this. He'd say, listen, I sit by this roadside every day. This is my routine. I sit here every day. And every day people walk by and drop money in my cup. Every day they walk by and they fill my cup. But I'm tired of my cup being filled, but my condition staying the same. And the reason why I ask for vision is because if I could get vision, I wouldn't have to rely on this cup anymore. I wonder what Bartimaeus did with his cup when he got up out of that place. I wonder what Bartimaeus did with that cup that he had held on to every day of his life, day after day, that that cup became his identity, that he would sit in that same spot by the road. Scholars said literally he'd be there every day. He'd sit by that roadside and hold out that cup. And he would wait for somebody to come along and out of the goodness of their heart, drop something in his cup. And and he got to the point there, even though there would be days he would be able to go home with a filled cup, he'd still be in the same condition. And there's some of you here today that have filled cups but empty lives. Your whole life around around your cup being filled. Because you see, when you live your life based on a cup, you have to rely on outside sources to make you happy. When you've got a cup that you hold out, your whole world revolves, revolves around the outside world making you happy. So when circumstances go wrong or people mistreat you and your cup is empty, your whole world goes to pieces. And when you live a cup-based life, you become a slave to your circumstances. Because you got to have a filled cup, but it, it's 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 so disheartening to know that if you did have a filled cup but an empty life, it's amazing to me. Ever ever have you ever wanted something so bad? And maybe you know, as adults, we don't we we downplay this a lot as adults. We 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 downplay this a lot because we're we're older and mature now. We don't think of it this way. But come on, honestly, we're still a lot of us are just kids and grown-up packages. And there are times where we really want something. And we'll go get another job, or we'll work a little extra, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll save up to get that thing we want. But you know what sometimes is so disheartening? To spend all that time to get something, only to realize it really wasn't that big a deal after all. 
really wasn't even that great to begin with. And I spent all this time trying to get something that really, it's not even that great now. And there's some of you that your whole world revolves around your cup. Oh, I'm going to stop just for a moment. We're going somewhere. We're going to take a break right here. Because there's some of you here today, you have become addicted to a filled cup. And your cup is full, but your condition is jacked up. You got a full cup, but you sit by the roadside because you got no vision. And now you are dependent. Because you see, when I am a cup person, I'm dependent upon how others will treat me. I become dependent on everybody around me to make me happy. So if my spouse mistreats me, or friends mistreat me, or co-workers mistreat me, or my boss mistreats me, it sends my world into just total chaos. Because I've got this cup that now I'm dependent upon. And circumstances now become my master. Because now circumstances determine my happiness. Where the old song says, this joy I have. The world didn't give it to me. And the song says, if the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. I imagine when Bartimaeus got up off that off that ground for the last time and when Jesus touched his eyes and he got sight I imagine he looked down at that cup and said listen I've lived by the cup long enough but today no longer do I have to live by the cup because I'm living with a vision because Jesus said in the gospel of John in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world that means this if Jesus is on the inside oh I wish somebody would help me a little bit if Jesus is on the inside that means I will face tribulation that word tribulation literally means pain, problems, pressure I'm going to face outside circumstances but if I'm not dependent upon a cup My world won't come to an end. Because you see, vision starts everything. Vision empowers us to see ourselves beyond where we find ourselves. And vision sparks imagination. Now watch this. Follow me for a second. Your imagination, most of us, our imagination works from pictures in our mind. But most of those pictures come from some kind of reference. So let's just take a little test here today. I want all of us today to imagine a sunset. Take a moment in your mind, see that sunset. Now... If we were somehow able to peel back the layers of everyone's mind here today and take that image and extract it and put it up on the screen, we might have some where the beautiful sunsets over the ocean. We may have some where the sunsets over some mountains. We have some that the sunsets over a lake. We have different variations. But the fact of the matter is, all of us would have a similar image because all of us in here today have seen a sunset. 
And so because we have seen a sunset, we have a foundation for our imagination to work. But a blind man has never seen a sunset. A blind man has never seen the beauty of the sun going down over the mountains or going down over the ocean or going down over some beautiful landscape. He's never seen that. So if you ask a blind man to imagine a sunset, more than likely, if you extracted his image, his image would be vastly different than you and our image because he has no reference of how to imagine. His image would be distorted. His image would be what he thought it should be, but not the reality of what a sunset looks like. And so when you have no vision, your imagination cannot work correctly. But when you receive vision, you have a framework for imagination. In scripture, what is imagination? Faith. Because faith produces something in us that's not there, but we believe it is there because faith says it's there. So when you don't have spiritual vision, you have no foundation for your faith to work. Mm. You're missing it here. You're missing it. If I don't have a vision in my life and for my life, I have no foundation for my faith to stand on. And so my faith, instead of being proactive, my faith turns from faith to wish. Well, I hope God will do this. Well, I really, I really hope God will, will, will see me through. I really, I really hope God will, will, will help me. I, I really hope God will, 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 will touch me. And it becomes a wish instead of faith. Because take it this. Vision says this. I am a believer. And the Bible says, as a believer, I shall lay hands. Not the pastor, not the leadership. I shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, Right? That's what the scripture says. Vision says that's for me. If vision says that's for me, when I walk over to someone who is sick and I place my hand on them, my faith has a platform to stand on. Oh, somebody follow along with me for a moment. Because my vision says I'm a believer. The word says I will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. I've got vision to stand on. So when I walk over to somebody and I lay hands, I'm not looking around going, I wish the pastor would hurry up and get over here and help me out because I don't know if anything's going to really happen. Hey, I'm a believer. No fish. I don't need the pastor because I've got the same Holy Ghost he's got. I'm baptized with the same name he's been baptized with. So... I've got the vision. I can say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to be made whole in Jesus' name. Because I have a platform for my faith to stand on. Now watch this. Here's the problem we have sometimes with getting our vision. Let's go back to Barnabas. In order to get vision, you've got to learn to live above the label. This is what I mean by that. Everywhere in scripture, Bartimaeus was referred to as blind Bartimaeus. 
That wasn't his name his mama called him. His name was Bartimaeus. But his condition became his identity. And everybody knew him not for his name, but for who he was. And he allowed himself to be labeled not for his name, but he was labeled for his condition. And if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to become labeled for where we are or where God's brought us from. And when we allow ourselves to become labeled, I know there's testimonies in this place today. I know there's great testimonies of people in this place today. But you know what? You're not a former drug addict. You're not a former alcoholic. You're not a former fornicator. You're not a former adulterer. Because the Bible says, when I'm washed in the blood, I don't have a past. I'm not an ex-con, an ex-adulterer, an ex-fornicator, an ex-drug addict, an ex-alcoholic. I'm a blood-bought, brand-new child of God. Old things passed away. All things made new. And I know we don't mean anything by it. I know most of us do it out of sincerity to give glory to God. But some of us allow our past to identify our future. Because we say, well, I used to be this and I used to be that. And we're saying it like, look where God's brought us. But really, what we're saying is, I can't go further because I've got too much junk in my past. And instead of it being a testimony, it becomes a sled that we drag behind. We lose our identity. We're no longer Bartimaeus, we're blind Bartimaeus. We're no longer who God's made us to be. We're who God's brought us from. And I'm thankful for the... I'm telling you again, I say that. Man, there are some testimonies in here today that will blow your mind of the power of God working in lives. And I'm thankful for all of that. And we need to celebrate that. And we need to tell the world that Jesus is able to do that. But you're not that person anymore. That's not who you are. Because God went back in your yesterday and erased all that. You say, well, you know what? It don't feel that. I can't tell you how it feels. I'm only telling you how God operates. And you can let the world tell you once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, once this, always that. But you know what? The world has got it wrong before and they're going to get it wrong again. Hey, come on. Just over a couple hundred years ago, they thought leeches were the good idea to help someone feel better. Hey, you're sick. Let's throw a few leeches on there. Oh, that sounds like good sound medicine. You put a leech on me today. As one person said, you're going to walk over, but you're going to limp back. We don't need a limp. We don't need that. So if the world thinks that is great, that's the way it is. They're wrong now. They're going to be wrong again. But here's what happens when you allow yourself to be labeled. Then you allow yourself to be placed Because the Bible says that Bartimaeus sat by the roadside. That road, roadside, can be translated roadside or wayside. But the actual meaning of that word is outskirts. Meaning that Bartimaeus, because of his condition and what he had been placed at, had no ability 
to function inside, he had to live on the outside. And when we allow ourselves to be identified, not by who he's made us to be, but what we think we are, it keeps us on the outskirts of God's purpose and plan in our lives. We feel like we only can go so far, and we live, we live as a prisoner to that. Because blind Bartimaeus sat there literally every day. Every day. You can't tell me he didn't sit there every day and feel rejected. I don't know if it was the case or not. But I wonder how long it took before his friends and family stopped visiting him. I wonder how long it took before not only was he rejected by society, but now his friends and family began to leave him. I wonder how he felt in all that. And when you start to allow that to affect your lives, then instead of it just being a label, it becomes your identity. Now he was just blind Bartimaeus. Because we never find in Scripture where he corrected someone and said, no, 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 that's not my name. I'm not blind Bartimaeus, I'm Bartimaeus. Because after a while, when we allow certain things to go on in our lives, it stops becoming just something that happens. It becomes who we are. But here's the point that's amazing about Barnabas. You have to learn to make good use of what you've got. Most of us struggle so much because we spend so much time thinking, thinking about what we don't have that we fail to realize what we do have. We spend so much time praying about God to give us more when we don't even use what we've got. We we spend all our time complaining to God about what's wrong that we forget to rejoice and be blessed with what's right. Watch this. Ready? Watch this. It's so simple you can miss it. Put verse 47 back up there. Mark 10 verse 47, right? And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. You missed it. I'll read it again. When he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out. Let me try to come again. I'm going to come back and get you one more time. When he heard... That it was Jesus. He began to cry out. Let's go through the station one more time and get the rest of you. When he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out. He may not have been able to see, but he used what he had He didn't let what he didn't have keep him where he was. But he used what he had. He could have sat there and said, well, I can't get to Jesus. I can't see where he is. I don't know where he is. I'll never be able to get to him. But 
But instead of realizing what he didn't have, he understood what he had. And he heard and he cried out to Jesus. You see, the devil is dumb. The devil's dumb because if he wanted to keep Bartimaeus where he was, life and death are not in the power of sight. If he wanted to keep Bartimaeus where he was, he took away the wrong body part. Because he took away his eyes. But the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And as long as I have the ability to keep on talking, I've got the ability to breathe life into my situation. Why? Why? Of all the things that God could have chosen to manifest his presence in our lives, he chose speaking in a new tongue. Why did he do that? Because he knew if I can get you talking right, I can get you walking right. And the devil thought, well, you know what? We'll keep Bartimaeus where he was. We'll just keep Bartimaeus where he is. I'll take away his sight where he can't see. But he failed to realize he took away the wrong thing. Because when the opportunity came, Bartimaeus said, Jesus, I need life in me today. Some of you are looking around and you feel like things have been stolen from you. But you fail to realize the devil stole the wrong thing. He may have taken your family. He may have taken your finances. He may have taken your peace. He may have taken your joy. He may have done this. He may have done that. But as long as you can speak. I still have the weapon to recover everything I've lost as long as I can keep on talking. As long as I can keep on praising, as long as I can keep on singing, as long as I can keep on shouting, as long as I can keep on saying, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Hey. You might be in here today. You may not be physically able to stand on your feet. Your arms may be broken and in slings. You may not be able to move your neck at all. But if you can open up your mouth and begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. You don't need arms. You don't need legs. You don't need a neck. Because you've got everything you need in your mouth. Turn to somebody and say, the miracle is in your mouth. The miracle. I was going to say this a little farther, but we're going to jump to it. We may come back and do it again. But I hope to God this never becomes a quiet church. If you want to go to a quiet church, you can find somewhere else. But I hope this is a church that's got a lot of noise. I hope every once in a while somebody gets to their feet and just says, yeah.
Hey! Because if the devil can make this place quiet, he can stop what God wants to do. But as long as we have a praise in our mouth, every once in a while someone just gets up out of nowhere and just says, He Oh, somebody needs just to get out of your seat right now. Open up your mouth and let out a praise. Hey, if I was the devil, let me tell you what I would do if I was the devil. If I was the devil, I'd try to convince you all that praise stuff is just a bunch of hype. If I was the devil, I'd tell you, listen, it's okay to be reserved. It's okay to be quiet. You don't need to make noise. It's, it's a church. It should be reverence. If I was the devil, I'd try to convince you all that speaking in tongues, kill a mosquito, kickstart a Honda, all that stuff. That's not for today. That's just a bunch of crazy nonsense that, that your people lost. If I was the devil, I'd get you convinced that that was the case. Because if I knew if you ever got the idea that the miracle's in your mouth, I don't stand a chance. So the only thing I can get you to do is stop talking. Because if you ever open up this mouth, I have no chance. Yay! Come on, just do it one more time. Do it one more time. Do it one more time. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I wish somebody would just let out a shout of praise. I wish somebody would just let out a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. I love what Bartimaeus did. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because they told him, they said, he said, Jesus, have mercy. They said, shh. You know you don't do that in this kind of church. You know this is not that kind of church. You know you need to sit there and just stay in your place. You know you're sorry for where you're going through. But shh. But 
something got a hold of Bartimaeus. You see, desperate people are misunderstood. If you've never been desperate, you don't understand why desperate people act the way they do. If you've never been desperate, you don't understand why desperate people can't sit down. Why desperate people don't want to wait till the pastor says this or the pastor says this. Because desperate people say, you can tell me to shh. But if Jesus shows up in this place, you can hold me down. You can tie me down, but you ain't going to keep me down. Bear with me just for a moment. We're almost done. Watch this. Back to verse 47. Let's read it one more time. Verse 47. And when he heard this, that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Notice this. Ready? Here we go again. Watch this. So simple, you'll miss it. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You missed it. He was told that it was Jesus. But when he went to address him, he didn't just go off what he was told. He went off what he believed. Because when he, when it came time for him to cry out, he didn't repeat back, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, Jesus. King Jesus. King Jesus. Jesus. King Jesus. You see, when he said, thou son of David, he was acknowledging the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was acknowledging the fact he wasn't just another man coming out of Galilee, but this was God robed in flesh. And when he cried out, he said, I'm not just going to go with Jesus because he's more than just Jesus. That's King Jesus. Because let's go back a little farther. Let's go a little further in the story. We always call him Doubting Thomas. But was he really Doubting Thomas? Was he really? He gets a bad rap. But watch what he says. Watch. Watch what the response was. We call it Doubting Thomas. But let's read the story. John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I, I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hands on his side. I will not believe. Now we take that and say, well, he was a doubter. Doubting Thomas. How could he not believe? Doubter, doubter, doubter. But I have a little different take on Thomas's point of view because I like his point of view. I like him. He gets a bad rap, doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. But I, I, I like his point of view because really, you know what he said? He said, I'm thankful that you've seen it. I'm glad you experienced it. But I won't be satisfied until I experience it. Look, your 
Word may get me to search more, but I'm not going to be satisfied just because you had an experience with him. I'm not going to be satisfied until I have my own experience. You can't settle anymore for the experience of the person on your row. But there's got to be something that gets a hold of you down on the inside that says, listen, I'm glad for what God did for you. I'm glad for what God did for you. I'm glad he healed you. I'm glad he delivered you. But I'm not going to stop until I get an experience. We're too, we've gotten to this mentality where we've, where we've become satisfied with everybody else around us experiencing it. But we've lost the fire for our own experience. We've lost our fire for our own encounter with God. I'm thankful that as we, as we come in this place, we begin to sing and we begin to worship. I'm so thankful that God descends in this place with His presence. But it's not good enough just to experience him in this place as a group. But there's got to be something that gets a hold of you. That says, I'm thankful for what he's done in your life. But I'm not going to be satisfied until I get my own experience. Aren't you tired Ladies and gentlemen, aren't you tired of hearing about what God does for everybody else? Aren't you tired of how God uses this one, how God saves that one, how God blesses this one, how God delivers that one, how God brings revival here, how God does it there? Is there something in somebody that says, listen, I'm thankful for all of that that's happened to you, but I am not satisfied. Until I get my own experience. I want my own testimony. I want my own experience. I want my own encounter with him. And notice, I just referred to it as I close. The final step in the process is. Right before your miracle, there's always going to be resistance. Resistance is not a sign of failure. Resistance is a sign you're on the right track. Because you know what? They never bothered him. Every day he was out there. We don't have any record of him being bothered. We have no record of him being bothered as long as he sat there. Alms. Alms. Alms for the blind man. Alms. Someone have mercy on me. Give me alms. Alms, alms, alms. Nobody said hush. Shh. Shh. We don't need that here. Shh. But the moment he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Resistance showed up and said, no, no, no. We don't need that here. We don't need that here. Resistance wasn't a sign he had failed. Resistance was a sign he had got somebody's attention. You see, some of you here today, you, you feel faith rising up in you. 
And you go to stand and say, listen, I'm tired of living with this cup. I'm tired of living on the outskirts. I'm tired of living with this condition. And you cry out and you say, Jesus! But all of a sudden, that doubt comes in your mind. You, you know, you really don't believe this. Shh, this shh, don't do that here. Shh, you know, people are going to think you're crazy. Shh, you can't do that. You can't act like that. You say, well, well I've done something wrong. I, well, I got, I, maybe, maybe I did something. Shh, well, maybe that's just, no. And you allow the resistance to steal. But the resistance is not a sign you've made a mistake. <laughs> the resistance is a sign you've got the attention of not only the one who can heal you, but you've got the attention of the one who wants to keep you there. But thankfully, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So you know what? Let me just play it like I see it. He's sitting there jiggling his cup. Another day, another time. But he begins to hear the rustle, the footsteps, the excitement. He's trying to tap somebody. What's going on? What, hey guys, what's going on? I hear something. I hear sound. I hear some laughter. I hear some singing. I hear some rejoicing. I hear some, I see, I hear some joy in the camp. I know this is not the place for joy. I know it ain't happening here. Well, God, what's happening? And somebody says, it's, it's Jesus. It's, it's that guy, Jesus. And all of a sudden he said, wait a minute. I, I I've heard, I've heard about that Jesus. I've heard about that Jesus. I've heard he's, he's healed a blind man there and he, he healed by that guy by the pool and, and he, and, and wait a minute, this might be my only opportunity. And he's sitting there and says, Jesus, thou, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And all of a sudden now a hand touches him and says, not, not now, not now. Jesus is busy. But something was in him because he understood this may be the only chance I get. I may not get another pass at this. He may not come around this town again. He may not come. And he said, where, where, where? come here. Oh, hold, let me hold on to you. I, I, I can't sit here any longer. I got to get up. I, I don't know where I'm going, but I, I'm just, I hear the sound of the Savior. Wait a minute. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm going to the, no, no, no. You got to sit back down. You don't belong out here. You, you got to sit over here where you belong. This is where you belong. No, 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 no. You don't understand. My miracle's right in front of me. I can't see it, but I know it's there. And they said, no, no, you got to stop. But something got a hold of him and said, listen, you may keep me here, but Jesus... Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, I can't see you, but I know you're here. I haven't been able to touch you, but I know you're here. I don't have my sight yet, but I know you're here. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Notice. I would imagine, just because of Jesus, he heard him the first time around. Come on, he's Jesus. I imagine, Brother Owens, I imagine he heard him the first time. He heard him. But why didn't Jesus say, okay, guys, hey, leave this one alone. He needs my help. Why didn't Jesus do that? 
He's a God of love, God of compassion. Why didn't Jesus, Brother Knotts, why didn't he hear that man the first time? He had to have heard him. But was he waiting for something to get a hold of him? Because you see, God wasn't just interested in giving him sight, but he was interested in changing his life. And you see, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. That sounds good. But when the desperation kicked in, he didn't care about where people had put him, what people thought, but there's something got a hold of him and said, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, the son of David. The Bible says Jesus stopped and stood still. He said, wait a minute, I feel something. Somebody has called me, but not just called my name, because you know in that crowd, come on folks, let's be honest, in that crowd, everybody was calling his name. Everybody was saying, Jesus, over here, Jesus. I got my sons over here. Jesus, my daughter's here. Jesus, my husband's here. Jesus, my wife's here. Jesus, I brought my friend. Jesus, I brought my neighbor. Jesus, I brought my coworker. Jesus, 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 I brought my food. Can you bless it? Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he's just walking along. Jesus, Jesus. Everybody's thousands around him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But one voice said, Jesus. And the Bible says he just went, hmm. Wait a minute, that wasn't the normal sound of my name. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, that, I've, that, that wasn't, somebody is calling my name. Somebody's not just saying my name, somebody's calling my name. And the Bible says he turned around and said, hey, what do you want me to do for you? You know what that tells me, folks, today? There's all, all of us in here, we're in here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're all saying the name, but somebody in here today that said, listen, I'm not going to let my voice just be about the other voices, but something in my heart is so desperate. Hey, you can just be another voice in the crowd. You can just say, Jesus, 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 but I'm so desperate that I'm not just going to be another voice in the crowd. If I've got to get up and say, Jesus... Jesus Jesus you say that's a little crazy that's a little radical you know what it's time we get some radical faith around here hey what's wrong with radical faith it worked in the Bible and it will work today. I may have to get a little crazy, but if that's what it takes, I'm going to do whatever I've got to do because I've got to get to Jesus. I wish somebody would stand to your feet right now and not just say his name, but I wish somebody would begin to call his name. Somebody would begin to call his name. If that means you've got to get out of your seat, if you've got to move around a little bit, does anybody have some radical faith? Does anybody have any radical faith? Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Jesus, Jesus. I 
feel faith in this place. I feel faith moving in this place. I feel faith moving in this place. But somebody needs to get out of your seat right now and march yourself down here. Not because the altar is special, but because your faith is so desperate. It says, I can't stay where I'm at, but whatever I've got to do, I've got to get to Jesus. Stop letting the resistance define you. Stop letting the resistance keep you. But say, listen, if you're going to resist me, that's going to make me fight even harder. If you're going to try to stop me, that's going to make me even yell louder. If you're going to stop me, I'm going to worship harder. I'm going to praise louder. I'm going to dance more. I'm going to jump higher. I'm going to clap louder. I'm going to wave my hands wilder. Oh, come somebody. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost is up in this place. God's doing the work. Is there somebody in this place? I feel the Shekinah glory. There are angels in this place. If somebody would respond, there's a miracle in your mouth. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're not praying for yourself, I say go find somebody and pray with them. God is in this place. Come on, faith is in this place. Be used of God. Be used of God. Come on, God is doing something in this place. Come on, I need some help. Don't just stand there. If you've got the Holy Ghost, I need your help. Find somebody to pray with. Find somebody to minister to. God's doing something in this place. Come on, God's doing something in this place. Come on, I feel vision coming. I feel vision coming. Come on, shake off the old vision. Get a new vision. Don't let the old vision define you. But God said, I've got to see today. I've got to see a fresh vision. Yes, 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 yes. Rise up faith. Rise up faith. Rise up faith. Come on. Break the molds. Break the chains of resistance. Break down the chains of resistance. Come on. Don't let the resistance keep you. But say, listen, you may try to stop me, but you can't stop me because greater is he that is in me. Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's to respond. It's not too late. It's not too late to respond to God. Right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, you can respond to him. If you're watching us right now online, right where you are, wherever you may be, if it's home or it's in the car, right where you are, I say lift up your hands and begin to call out to Jesus. You may be in your bedroom. You may be in your kitchen. You may be on your couch. You may be driving in your car. But the same God that's in this room is the same God where you're Holy Ghost Yes, 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 come on. Open up your mouth, the miracles in your mouth. He said, well, the devil's taking this and the devil's taking that. But as long as you've got your speech, as long as you've got your tongue, you've got every weapon you need.
Stop looking at what you don't have. Start realizing what you do have. Stop looking at what God hasn't done. Start realizing what he's already done. Yes, yes, Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Yes, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. 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 Sweep in this place, Holy Ghost. Break down every chain of bondage. Break down every barrier of resistance. In the name of Jesus, let faith rise afresh in this place. Let vision be birthed in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of doubt. I bind every lie the adversary. I speak fresh waves of revival. I speak fresh waves of revival in this place. Dry bones live. Dry bones live. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, you're not blind, Bartimaeus. You're Bartimaeus. You're not defined about where you've been through. You're not defined by who you've been, but you're defined by who he's called you to be. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, get your own experience. Get your own experience with God. Don't settle for somebody else's experience, but don't stop until you've had your own experience. I want my own touch. I want my own experience. I want my own healing. I want my own deliverance. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. before we close when I call him say Jesus 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 something happens when I call him we say now Jesus 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 Jesus, Jesus. oh something Just say the name Jesus. Just say the name Jesus. Say the name Jesus. Say the name Jesus. When I call Jesus, 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 something happens. Oh, somebody just say that name one more time. When I call, say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, something happens. Oh, when I call, I say Jesus. I say Jesus. I say Jesus. Something happens. Oh, when I call Jesus, Jesus, just say the name Jesus. 
Just say the name Jesus. Say the name. Say the name. Say the name. We say it one more time. When I call, I say Jesus. I say Jesus. 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 I say Jesus. 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 There's just something that happens when I call. Jesus. Jesus. Something about the name, something about the name, something about the name. Something happens. There are some that are continuing to pray, but if you need to go, God bless you for coming. Thank you for being here. Please, if you're guests, please come back and be with us again. But just be respectful of those that are still praying. God bless you.